The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7, episode 2105. So we know Rey is a Palpatine, and we know that she is preternaturally strong with the Force, but just how did she suddenly manifest Force lightning in the Pisana Desert? I've got some answers for you today. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy, and thank you for joining me for it. So we have been discussing the Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker Expanded Edition this week, the novelization, and in specific, the audiobook version of the novelization. Thank you again to Penguin Random House Audio for sending me a copy of that to check out and share juicy bits with you. And today we're going to talk about the scene where Rey manifests that giant blast of force lightning that takes down the transport on Pasana. And, you know, that's the whole Marion Ravenwood situation where we think Chewie's on that transport, but he's not on that transport, just like Marion Ravenwood was not in that lorry truck that got blown up and Indiana Jones thought she was. And, oh my gosh, how exciting to find out that she wasn't. But, anyway. So, there are three particular moments from the novelization I want to share with you. And I have to say, first of all, that Ray Carson does a fantastic job with this. And as I have said on previous episodes, part of my motivation for sharing these particular moments with you that I've chosen for our discussions of the novelization and the audiobook are specifically designed to enhance your experience of movie viewing. So when you see the Rise of Skywalker movie again, you can take these elements with you into your viewing and in theory it should make it a richer experience for you. For me, seeing Rey manifest the Force Lightning it was a very logical situation. Okay, so, you know, something weird is going on and we know that there's been some darkness in her incensed and we know that she's very powerful in the Force. So it's, you know, not altogether a surprise, but it kind of is. And then later on in the movie, when you find out that she's a Palpatine, well, there's another explanation for it. But the novelization has room to do it Oh gosh, I was gonna say to do it a lot more justice. It's not exactly what I mean. What I mean is that novelizations get to go deeper into things, and that's one of the things I love about novelizations. And so because of the fact that they have the latitude to do this sort of thing, yeah, I think it's really cool, and I love, as I said, what Ray Carson does with it. So for a start, I want to share with you Ray's initial reaction to finding out that Chewie has been captured and is on a transport, presumably the one that she sees taking off in the Pisana Desert. She'd been here before, standing helplessly as sand blasted her skin, watching a ship carrying away someone she loved. Where there had been calm, now there was only terror. It filled her mind, overflowed into pure, hot power. She reached out with the Force, imagined herself grabbing the transport, wrenching it back to planetside. It actually slowed, wobbled in the air, 
its engines began to whine. Ray gritted her teeth. Sweat poured from her forehead. She would not let them take Chewie from her. So for me, the cool thing about that was that it grounds this scene in basically everything that we've learned in the prequels about the dark side of the forest and about attachment being one of these avenues that will ultimately bring you that way. But when Kylo Ren gets involved, well, that gets worse. And so the next clip I want to share with you is Rey's reaction to Kylo getting involved in the conflict and how she gets emotionally invested in trying to bring that transport back to the ground on Pasana and to defeat Kylo Ren in the process. Rey would not let him have Chewie. Chewie was hers. She strained to regain control and she felt the ship lurch in her direction. But then it whipped right back. Rey tried to remember her training. Let the Force guide your actions, Leia would say. But thinking of Leia, her training, even for the briefest moment, made her lose concentration, and the ship listed again in Kylo's direction. So Rey bore down with all the strength of her being. Blood screamed in her ears, and her heart was a massive drum in her chest. She drew on her rage at Kylo, at the First Order, even at Uncar Plot. She drew on her terror for Chewie's life, remembered what it felt like to watch Han Solo drop into the abyss at Starkiller Base. She drew on pain, too. The aching hollowness of an empty stomach. The bruised knuckles with no back to, to soothe them. The feel of grit in her molars after a windy day. The dagger-sharp silence of loneliness. Ray opened her mouth in a silent scream. Raw power burst from her fingertips, arced toward the freighter. It was blue lightning. Now, here's the thing. The first time that you watch The Rise of Skywalker, you're like, where's this force lightning coming from? This is crazy. And then, you know, you get the revelation, and then the next time you see The Rise of Skywalker, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is coming because she's a Palpatine, right? But the fact of the matter is, is that for her to be able to manifest such an incredible dark side power she has to be able to tap into some serious dark side emotions. And when you're watching this on screen, yeah, you know that she's desperate to save Chewie, and yeah, she's mad at Kylo Ren because he's there and also has a force grab on the transport as well. But the fact that Ray Carson depicts her as drawing on all of these details from her life, from her history, and using that to fuel her efforts here, Man, I know I've said it twice already, but I'll make this the third time, you know, and that'll be it. But Ray Carson, bravo, like, has made this scene, for me at least, so much more fulfilling and fascinating. And I cannot wait to watch this scene when I get my copy of The Rise of Skywalker, finally. I had been waiting to get it on Disney+, Plus, but... There have been other conversations I've had actually with a patron of the show, and I'll get into that later this month, where I thought, okay, I need to see this a little bit sooner. But like I said, that's going to be a conversation for another time. For now, I do want to end our look at 
The Rise of Skywalker in this particular scenes or set of scenes with Kylo's reflections after Rey leaves Pasana as he's watching her fly away. He's thinking about, ah, she beat me again, but it's not entirely a loss. And so these are Kylo Ren's ruminations as he's watching Rey escape from Pasana. She had beaten him again. And yet, he was filled with triumph. He'd been right to push her. She had just demonstrated unbelievable, mind-blowing power. Dark power. Sith power. The scavenger was almost ready to turn. And when she did, they would both kill their light, embrace their darkness. Then the Star Destroyer fleet and the Sith throne would be theirs. And again, to enrich the experience, at this point, Kylo Ren knows that she is a Palpatine, and she doesn't know that, obviously, but he does, and so his goal is to get her to turn to the dark side of the Force, and by being able to bring her closer to that, he thinks that he is going to be able to make her turn. So just having that additional knowledge and us having that additional knowledge, I think, makes for a richer experience. So again, I desperately hope that this helps enrich your own experience of The Rise of Skywalker the next time you go to it. And if you want to check out the audiobook and you, you know, don't have access to it, don't forget we have a deal with Audible where you can get a free 30-day trial to their service, which also comes with one free book. So you can check that out at sw7x7.com audible. Again, that's sw7x7.com audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E. And that is going to do it for today's episode of the show. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the curve be flattening for you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Hey, Mike. Glad you could join me for some great seafood. Me too. Wait, why are you dressed in fishing gear? You said we were going out to catch great seafood, right? Yes, to Popeye's. Do you even know how to fish? No, I thought you did. Oh, yeah. I could catch pretty good seafood at Popeye's. Let's go. Let Popeye's do the fishing while you enjoy our delicious signature seafood. Get Popeye's flounder fish sandwich or shrimp tackle box before they're gone. Limited time at participating U.S. restaurants. <laughs>